welcome to the ALN podcast series. If you like what you're hearing, you can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net. Today's episode is brought to you by the Andrew James Advisory Group. AJAG provides training in the ISO 55000 standard, and our world-class training qualifies students to take the ALN A55K certification exam, an industry recognition of an individual's knowledge of the standard. Certified individuals add value to any organization's asset management initiatives. Realizing your ISO 55000 vision need not be painful. Visit us at www.andrewjamesadvisory.com to see how we can help. Now, enjoy the podcast. I'm Jack Dempsey. I'm a director at the at Definitive Logic. And the company that I work with focuses on digital transformation and the practice that I'm part of specializes in the uh, application of digital transformation in the asset management area. So we're finding in the industry, there's a tremendous appetite uh, for the convergence of, of digital, digital transformation and asset management. Uh, I've been with Fidemolage for five years. Uh, each of those years, we've grown uh, 20% year over year uh, uh, responding to that demand. So it's pretty exciting what's going on right now in terms of uh, clients, um, particularly uh, agencies within the federal government, have lots of assets, are trying to figure out how to pull that together, are becoming more sophisticated in understanding of data and information requirements, and are, are just trying to really um, you know, get down to basic uh, management activity. So, so there's a, a, lot of, a lot of demand in the, in the marketplace, and it's, um, it's pretty exciting to, to be part of that right now today. We have been seeing that leadership, the role leadership needs to take is to establish a culture of asset management that's becoming really clear. That's different than the managing of the assets, and, and we're trying to establish that. Do you see that occurring? Do you see that recognition happening? A absolutely. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of so. I mean, a number of things, and you kind of listed them out. I'm, I'm active at the National Academies on the Board of Infrastructure and Structured Environment, uh, supporting a number of different studies that are going on there. Uh, likewise, also active internationally with the uh, ISO Technical Committee 251, which is uh, uh, in charge of basically updating the uh, 55,000 uh, series standard. Uh, this. Uh, this topic is um, is found in all those locations, plus with all the clients that we're working with. Um, one of the questions that's coming up is, is, is asset management a philosophy or is it a methodology? And, and that's, uh, that's kind of a, a, a neat question, but I think it really speaks to um, the, the more basic point that, that you're raising is it's, it's really about um, developing an asset management culture. And the way every organization goes through that is a little bit different. Everybody has a little bit of a different culture. If, you, if you're on two railroads, you're going to have a different culture in different organizations. So that's a big question today. And a lot of people are trying to figure that out. What's really exciting to see is, is as, as people are asking that question, you know, asset managers are asking that questions of their organizations. They're starting to recognize it's not just about a formula or a software product or a, uh, a strategic asset management plan. It really is, is how do we enable people? And that, that kind of highlights the importance of leadership and culture. And I think uh, some of the leading organizations today are focusing on problem solving uh, from that perspective. Excellent. 
Our history actually goes back to the early 2000s when under uh, the direction of Admiral Thad Allen, you were preaching mission-focused operations through the Coast Guard. And it took me a couple times seeing your presentation of, it started with a slide of someone being lifted out of the water with a life ring being hoisted up to a helicopter. And you would say, this is our mission. We save people's lives every day. If you're not helping us save people's lives, you're extraneous to our mission and don't need to be part of it. Get yourself aligned with the, our mission. And it took a while, but that mission of focus really breaks down barriers, uh, personalities, divisions, you know, siloed thinking. Because when you're focused on mission, does it help the mission or doesn't it? And then act. Yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those things. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of working as an officer in the Coast Guard, mission oriented. Uh, I'm a civil engineer by training. I, I loved everything I did, but as I uh, you know grew up becoming an engineer and understanding how I could be a professional and serve the Coast Guard and and basically the operators um, in that capacity. I started to understand more and more that, you know, assets are really there for a purpose. And to understand that purpose is critical to, to solving problems. So, so this, this point is kind of manifests itself in, in many ways. And I think it will continue to do so over, over the decades. Um, recently, um, the ISO committee developed a, a report or actually it's an article, it's available online. Uh, managing assets in the context of asset management. And that report tried to highlight the fact that there's a difference between, you know, what you do to an asset and what an asset does for you. And, you know, if you're, if you're serving a consumer, a stakeholder, you know, Coast Guard, it would be mission operators. If you're at a college, you're ultimately serving the students uh, or the, or the research uh, entities that are uh, dependent on that university to, to perform the work that they're doing. So the more you as an asset manager understand that relationship, the more effective you can be in terms of making best use of limited resources and making risk-based investment decisions. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a journey. Um, everybody kind of learns it in their own way, but I think it, it, it's central to the asset management view of things. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's essential in terms of how ISO 55000 views things. So I think that's why that standard is helpful to many organizations, you know, understanding these interrelationships and ultimately uh, making good investment decisions uh, related to their assets. Can, can you give us a little view of how the ISO 55000 set of documents is uh, being refined and evolving? <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll submit um, it, it, it's a standard and writing standards. Uh, I, you know, some people love that. I find it, um, it it's challenging. It, it forces you to ask very deep questions. Sometimes it's just about the definition of a word. So it's, 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 it's not for everyone, but um, what it has for me anyway, is uncovered, you know, what are the, the, the prime movers behind asset management? There's a, um, a sentence in ISO 55000 today, to me, I think it sums up the entire purpose of the standards. Uh, it, it basically says uh, asset management is not about assets. 
It's about managing the value generated by assets. So once you understand it's really about value generation, it kind of changes things. So uh, as the, uh, the ISO committee is evolving or revising the standards based on almost a decade of feedback coming back on their use in the, in the public sector, um, there's a lot of, of opportunities to make some improvements there. And, that, and that's one thing that, that is emerging is, you know, a management system isn't, isn't kind of like a, a one-trick pony, an asset management system. It's actually part of a, a collective management system. Um, and it's highlighting the fact that there's a context that enables asset management or, or sometimes called uh, asset management system thinking in terms of focusing on both the life cycle of the assets, maintenance, planning, capital, you know, ca capital projects, and also the coordination of management activities, which is really the efficiency of an organization to best serve its purpose. So that uh, that aspect is very alive in the development of the standard and trying to not just clarify, but also simplify understandings about that. And I think uh, as the standards get developed, they should be out in about a year and a half or so. Uh, I think they'll make uh, pretty substantial progress in simplifying the message that the standards and ultimately asset management is trying to deliver. Excellent. And uh, you're really quite uh, the leader. You're taking a, a strong position with the National Academy of Sciences, which by the way, you introduced us to. So thank you for that also. And it's where we're having our event called a culture of value, sustainable infrastructure. So uh, can you tell us what you're doing with the National Academy? Sure. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's another kind of deep thinking place. Uh, I'm involved in the National Academies on the Board of Infrastructure and Construction Environment, also known as, as BICE. So it's a, it's a senior board there whose mission is to advise the legislative and executive branch, branches on matters related to phys physical infrastructure. And the uh, purpose of that board is to uh, perform studies or to evaluate different different questions that the legislative or executive branch might have. Uh, currently, I'm active on two studies. Uh, one is, uh, is kind of more of a, a broad strategic study. It's titled uh, Strategies to Renew Federal Facilities. It, it's basically taking a, a, a critical look at the last 20 years of policy that's been developed. Um, many of the people who here would be familiar with the executive order, uh, 13327, which is really kind of set the stage for modern asset, real property asset management in the federal government. And uh, and there's been a number of things that have happened in terms of GIPRA, Government Performance Results Act, um, a number of other, uh, more recently also the uh, federal, uh, federal Property Management Reform Act of 2016 that are all starting to coalesce policy around there. So this study is really going to look at how that study is uh, is doing, um, and opportunities for the federal government, specifically uh, federal agencies, to make better use of, of limited dollars. Um, the the re report should be out here in a matter of a month or so. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It will highlight. It will have a number of different recommendations in there, and uh, you know, without giving anything away, uh, a um, a very influential source for that was the recent GAO study, uh, 1957, which, which basically had uh, took a serious look at ISO 55000 its application to federal agencies and provide some recommendations and a framework of how federal agencies can better manage their assets. So that, that's one study. 
I'm pretty excited. Uh, looking forward to that one coming out. Uh, the second study is, is more of a tactical study looking at uh, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And it's specifically looking at the relationship facilities have to NIST performing its mission, which is, which is a pretty exciting and actually critical mission uh, to, to all America. I mean, they, they define how things get measured. Uh, this is very important for any aspect of commerce. So they remember the, the Department of Commerce, but things that involve um, like, like 5G um, you know, spectrums and how that's going to uh, fit into the marketplace to the definition of a kilogram. Um, and uh, more immediately, um, the criteria of how to develop the technology and manage the technology in terms of enabling uh, uh, production and commerce capabilities in the semiconductor industry. So we're all familiar how semiconductors right now is a, is a limited resource. There's um, you know, international vulnerabilities to sourcing and, 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 and producing uh, semiconductors that are going to impact and are impacting the U.S. Uh, capability. So this is at a, at a center point of basically fo focusing on that. This study will cover many things, but an aspect of it will also tell the story of how facilities enable that to happen, which ultimately supports uh, America's competitiveness in this world. So there's that'll be an exciting study coming out maybe later on this year that really is an asset management story and will uh, kind of you know bring some things together. So yes, yeah, so there's a lot, of, a lot of work going on at National Academies. Um, a lot of it is specifically about the advancement of asset management. And uh, thank you also for the introduction to the U.S. Government Accountability Office. Uh, you put uh, some bugs in some ears that helped uh, uh, generate that uh, report. And Nick put up a link to that report in uh, in the chat. So if anybody is interested in that, and we've got uh, uh, people from the uh, U.S. Government Accountability Office speaking at uh, our event on September 16th, which brings us to. Uh, culture of value, uh, sustainable infrastructure. And so with all this background of all the things you're doing, how do you see um, the event coming up and uh, promoting this culture of value that you say is so important to uh, the ISO 55000 approach to asset management? And then how this might help us actually build back better. David Topman was uh, talking with us in our planning committee recently, and he said, I wish it was build back better, but it's looking like build back the same. And that's because the legislation doesn't have any requirements for asset management plans or strategic asset management plans. But we know from our connections to federal executives that they are overlaying an asset management structure on their disbursement of billions of dollars through the IIJA and other infrastructure acts. Well, so I guess that was a long way of saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, kind of, I guess a couple, couple thoughts about that. Um, you know, one, um, I mean, th there's really no mystery to asset management. I mean, as asset management is just making good use of your next dollar. And, um, you know, we've all been part of teams that we felt like really like kind of clicked, you know, like understood what the problem was, understood what everybody could contribute to solving that problem, worked well together, 
and kind of helped one another out making things happen. And, and, and ultimately, that's what asset management is trying to do um, within the federal government. Now, it's looking specifically through the lens of assets. So it's not solving all the problems that the federal government might have. But when it looks at when you have stuff, assets, and those assets are there to serve a purpose, you know, as an investor, you want to return an investment. So, so ultimately, what, what's really trying to happen, trying to go on here is, is if you have a system that kind of understands the consequences of decisions, understands how to make things work, it kind of clicks and, you, and it just feels, feels right. Um, what, what we can recognize now in a lot of the, the policies and, and the National Academy studies will, will kind of reflect this, there'll be a critical analysis in the strategies report is, um, you know, current policy doesn't really support that, even though the words are there, the activities are there, but things like the, uh, the federal budgeting process that looks at a short-term uh, focus, which is okay and, su- and supports, you know, the probably Im- imminent threats, providing also future flexibility is, is a good process. But when it comes to long-lived assets, it's sometimes hard to understand the consequences of decisions being made, meaning if we're not doing enough sustainment or maintenance on these long-lived assets, it, it ultimately would cost, would be more expensive in the long run. So, so there's balance points that need to be figured out. And there's a lot of, a lot of smart people that are doing that. I mean, I really do compliment the work that GAO is doing in terms of recognizing opportunities to do that. And I think that's also reflected in OMB's leadership in trying to get the right policy into place. So there, there's a lot of good work going on here. But, but ultimately, in terms of your point on uh, sustainment and culture, it, it, really, it really is going to help uh, build around, you know, do we, are we working in an organization that clicks? Does it understand the consequences and implications of the decisions that we're making today and the relationship to the goals that we want in the future? I mean, there, there's a lot of debate about, you know, climate change. I don't think anybody disagrees that the climate is changing. And, and I, I don't think there's a lot of disagreement. The fact that humans do cause and can impact negatively things of that nature. So the sustainability, you know, kind of mantra, I think it is really good. It's, it's asset management would focus on, are we understanding these implications in the decisions that we're making today? And, and as an organization, do we understand what we're doing today and its implications downrange, which is, I would submit, critical, especially when you're an organization that has a lot of long-lived assets, um, real property, uh, transportation assets, a lot of your capital assets are very long-lived, and it's going to be better for all of us and across the generations the more we understand these relationships and can make uh, you know better risk-based decisions on how we're doing things today. And um, a culture of asset leadership is necessary to help initiate the responses to those changing climate conditions. Um, what do you think of the role of education and training in establishing a culture of asset leadership? Well, it, it's uh, well, well. First of all, it's critical, absolutely critical. And there's there's definitely a crawl, walk, run. Um, it, it, two two insights to share that kind of I think uh, frame frame the argument. One is one of the topics of conversation in the development or the the revision of the ISO standards is the relationship between asset management principles and asset management requirements. Um, Today in ISO 55000, we have fundamentals, 
uh, value, alignment, leadership, and assurance are recognized as fundamentals to asset management. And they're evolving in the thought process today. Um, in ISO 55001, we have requirements, um, which kind of say, this is how you need a facility. You know, this is, these are management techniques or management activities that need to happen to be effective in managing assets. So there's something of a yin-yang relationship between requirements and principles. Um, requirements help you do things right, and principles help you do the right thing. When you have them in harmony, you're, you're, you're becoming really effective. So that's, that's kind of part one. One of the questions at hand is, well, what's the relationship between 55,000, this broader asset management view, and 55,001, which is, which is more kind of, you know, by the numbers type of thing. And I think one of the things that's emerging is the difference is in 55,001, it's requirements about management activities that need to be performed. Do you know your stakeholders? Do you have conversations with them? Do you understand their requirements and needs and how assets support them? Things of that nature are part of the requirement structure. Um, when you get into, into, into principles, it's, well, what happens outside of that? And really what we've found is there's three things that happen outside of the management system, asset management system. It's principles, leadership, and culture. And, and ultimately it really distills down to um, principled leadership. So through principled leadership and understanding the balance points, understanding the risks and needs of all the stakeholders, you end up with a basis of principles. And, and principles, or I mean, well, principal leadership, you end up with a, with a culture of asset management, a caring in terms of how you're going to manage those assets and understand the relationship those assets have. So that's, that's kind of a little bit more on the, on the theoretical side, on the standard side, uh, big picture. But a, but a story I have also that I think really kind of sums it up in terms of, of how it really crystallized for me I have a mentor, um, uh, Doug Christensen. He's 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 passed away a few years ago. He was a professor and a, a maintenance manager at Brigham Young University. And as I was coming up in uh, through the grade, learning about asset management, I, uh, I came to meet him, and he was just a fantastic guy. And I know many people in the industry uh, really know him, and he, he's just just a class act. Uh, actually worked with him a, a number of years at APA, developing a standard and uh, actually authoring a book with him there. Um, but I went out to visit him one day and I was really excited about seeing like kind of where asset management began from a, from a capital requirement. And uh, Brigham Young, like many universities, is an iconic place and they want it to look nice and they want to attract students and researchers and it, it has to look good. And there's a business side to that. Um, the, 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 you know, the, the people who run the place say, we don't have a lot more money, but we, need to, we, we know we can do better. Do you have any ideas? And they developed a systematic approach for asset management, which was, you know, everybody's involved. Everybody can save, uh, you know, can do the right thing. It's kind of like safety. Everybody's a safety safety observer. Um, he took me to the uh, grounds maintenance facility, which is way in the back. Nobody ever goes there. And, uh, you know, the, the ground maintenance foreman, he said, you know, uh, tell Jack about, you know, your story on the weed whackers. And he, he told me this kind of, he's really excited. He goes, you know, there's a weed whacker I want to buy at $750 and, and it's a better weed whacker. But procurement would say I had to buy this $200 model. I didn't like it. It failed. It, it just didn't do the job. And I had to buy more of those and it cost more money than the $750 um, version. 
And he went through the process of how he developed an economic analysis and, and made all that work. And, um, and I was like, yeah, that's asset management. That sounds really good. Doug and I were walking out of the facility and, and what he said to me was really the story that, that kind of brought it all together. He goes, he goes, that gentleman never graduated high school. He doesn't have a higher level degree. What we're doing here is developing an asset management culture that allows everybody to understand opportunities where they can contribute to make things better, make the outcome better and understand their relationship to supporting the mission. And, and when he said that, it really, really kind of galvanized it for me on that's what asset management is really trying to do. It's to focus and establish an asset management culture. And it's really exciting to see in uh, at lots of different levels across organizations at the standard level internationally that the, uh, the industry, I think, is really starting to wake up to that aspect. Um, so it's exciting to see, um, you know, your sustainability culture is, is echoing that effect. And I think uh, more good things will happen as we all understand um, those interrelationships and understand the importance of an asset management culture. Well, thank you, Jack. I asked about education and you provided an education in a very concise way. That was uh, very good. And they were practicing, you know, many of the principles of ISO 55000 involve all relevant stakeholders and, you know, have a strategic asset management plan. That was, that was great. Um, we could talk all day, um, and I would love to, but uh, we'll save that for September 16th when we're together in person. And uh, I'll just say thank you for joining us. This year we're going to be much more concise and precise on our 30-minute uh, ALN Thursday at 3. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and we would like to thank the Andrew James Advisory Group for their sponsorship. For more information about AJAG and their services, please visit www.andrewjamesadvisory.com or email info at andrewjamesadvisory.com. You can find this and other podcasts, videos, papers, and more at assetleadership.net.